Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at onepeloton.com. Please be advised that Little Miss Recap contains adult language. Hey everyone, Amy here. Uh, Again, thank you so much for supporting our Sister Wives content. This episode, we are so pleased to welcome the Sister Wives professor, Dr. Adam. If you have not heard his show, I suggest you check it out. It's amazing. It's a nice, I think, smarty pants look at the nonsense that is the Browns through kind of an academic lens, which is really a nice welcome point of view in the Sister Wives universe. Also, I just want to let you know that because I am a ridiculously not talented sound engineer, my mic and my sound in this episode is not great. Amanda and Dr. Adam sound great and I sound not so great. It gets better as you go on, but the beginning's a little rough, so bear with me. I switched to a different mic, didn't work, so I'm back to my old tried and true. Finally, If you haven't already and you want to hear more Sister Wives content, including all of our episodes um, regarding season 18, which were an hour and a half almost each week, please jump on our Patreon, Supercast, or Apple subscriptions. The link is in the show notes. And finally, if you can, leave us a review. If you can't support us by jumping onto the paid feed, we appreciate those of you who just share the pod or leave us a review. That is more appreciated than you know. All right, thanks so much and enjoy the episode. But I've shut your mouth and let me talk to you for a minute. No, 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 no. You won't, you keep cutting me off. No, no, no. I don't expect you to back me up anymore. Don't you dare point your finger at me. I've been here day long, in and out, for all these years. No, no. You stay and talk. I'm done listening to you. You stay and talk. Uh, no. I'm not going to, because you're not listening. You're not listening to me. And I'm not going to. Okay, so we're done. Goodbye. you. Shut it off. Welcome to Little Miss Recap, the podcast where we can safely mark ourselves safe from the manosphere. We can. Thank God. We can. can. Anyone else in Cody's world, potentially not, but we can. (laughs) Today, guys, we are so happy to have Dr. Adam from Sister Wives Professor. I'm just going to call you the Sister Wives Professor. That sounds good. That's fine by me. Okay. All right. No, that's too long. I think I'm just going to call you Dr. Adam, which is your name. (laughs) (laughs) i've been called i've been called way worse things than that today alone so whatever you want to do all those options are fine i've been called way worse than that by my own children as i'm trying to like make them dinner or fold their laundry for them so yeah i gotcha i gotcha guys we're here today it's amy it's amanda it's adam we're here to chat season 18 
all things sister wives, right? We're just going to, we're going to, Amanda, you wanted to pick out some pivotal moments that we were going to run by Dr. Adam. Yes. And, and get his expertise. So Dr. Adam, why don't you tell everybody who you are, what you do and your podcast? Okay, sure. Thank you so much. So my name is Adam. I am a real-life professor of interpersonal and family communication at a university somewhere on the planet that will remain <laughs> nameless. And Harvard, I... Harvard. Yeah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, go that. Please don't email communication professors at Harvard because I don't want to do that to anybody. That's... <laughs> Please don't do that. No. Um, think low. I don't want to say. No, screw it. Just think lower. Yeah. Um, think not Harvard. So you are you are yeah. a communications professor at not Harvard. Exactly. Okay. That's actually right. what it says on my business cards, weirdly. Which, <laughs> and here everyone, really told well you. Me, everyone told me that was a waste of money. And here we go, proving them wrong. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah. And I am a like 10 year plus follower of the I don't say fan because I don't even think fan is accurate anymore I'm more just I cannot not pay attention to sister wives no it's a train wreck we can't look away from yeah I've been involved with the brown family longer than I've known my wife so it's really same all husband but same yeah and so my podcast is called the sister wives professor and I look at I sort of do more of a I do a recap but also more of a body language and communication analysis and Sometimes I fold in like some communication theory and academic concepts, but not to the point that it's hopefully dry or boring. I just try to do, you know, I've talked about this before, but so many people, including both of you, do what you do so well. I thought if I'm going to do a podcast, I have to do something that's not just like a pale imitation of everyone else. And so I try to be just a little bit different and contribute because there's room for obviously everybody to do this. Yeah, no, and and I appreciate it, and I ex- I especially appreciate when you work in like a little random reference. Like I got your um, Wheel of Time reference the other day. Mm-hmm. I was like, mm, got you. Yep. Um, no, I agree. Like Amanda and I, when we started, I was saying like, I am obsessed with interpersonal dynamics, and I am just obsessed Same. with how pe- as a writer, how people respond to one another, the dynamics in a family. And that's how we kind of look at things like, yes, Cody is trash and we have a lot of fun with that, but we're also like really interested in how these women are acting with one another, why they're feeling the way that they're feeling and stuff like that. So I really love your podcast. It's, it's, yeah, really, I do too. It, it's a welcome addition to the, I don't want to say manosphere, brownosphere. Brownosphere. The po- the general Brown family podcast syndicate. There we go. Yeah. Much like my local Sam's Club, I am no longer allowed in the manosphere. So uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm glad Are you? for you. Are you, you seem way too nice to be there. Yeah. I know. I you, yeah. You probably think your wife yeah. I gotta protect Mark my brand. I gotta be careful too. what I say. <laughs> yeah. I not a well, fan. So not a fan of that. You, let me ask let me ask you just a general question. Why do you think people are so obsessed with this show? Well, there's a couple different things. I think reality TV isn't that different than true crime because I think both of those things allow people to experience aspects of life that we know are out there, but we don't want to be polygamists. We don't want to have our family fall apart. So you mm, get to kind of vicariously. Dr. Adam. <laughs> Fair enough. Amy said she'll take me as a sister wife. So, I mean, I'm just saying. Fair enough. Uh, well, yeah. okay. Most of us don't want to be married to Cody Brown. Fair. A hundred percent. Not even the women who were married to him want to yeah. be married to him anymore. Yeah. It, there may literally be no one at this point who really wants to. <laughs> but you get to kind of experience vicariously things that are just different, right? Or interesting. I was thinking about this as I was watching Welcome to Plathville, like today. Mm. And I was like... Mm. I'm like, why am I so captivated by this? And it's because it's just so different from my experience. And it's almost like what they talk about being a grandparent, where it's like, yeah, I get to be with a baby, but then I get to put the baby back and then I'm done. It's kind of like that sort of thing. And also the great thing about Sister Wives in particular and why I think Sister Wives has such a devoted fan base is it's like you mentioned Wheel of Time. It's it's not that different from stuff like that as there's for lack of a better term, like brown family, like lore 
to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like if you dig in, you can find it's rabbit hole after rabbit hole of bankruptcies, fraud, <laughs> the way people grew up, what their parents were like, what their siblings were like. Brown fam, brown kid dynamics are coming out that you know maybe we'll talk about, maybe we won't, but aren't necessarily always super positive. There's so much stuff. The show is like five percent at most of what's out there, and yeah. that breeds community, which you all know yeah. even better than I do. Is the, the only thing better than having a niche interest is sharing that niche interest with other people. Yeah, and, and I do agree. I think there's something to having, like, as opposed to something like The Bachelor, right, where the cast changes all the time, or 90 Day Fiance. Like, I feel like I grew up with these people. Yeah. Like, I became parents with these people. I know them. They are part of my life. They're part of my history. So, yeah, I agree. There is something to that. But I mean, go ahead. Go ahead, Amy. I'm sorry. Yeah, finish your thought. No, I was just going to ask you what you thought about it. <laughs> hey, perfect segue. What I find really interesting is that like the people like us who have been watching this since the jump, who are, you know, borderline obsessed with it, who know way too much about these people. I mean, we joked for a while that I have a PhD in sister wives. Like, I, I don't know why I have this encyclopedic knowledge of these yozos, really but does. here it is. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting is like, I don't realize that other people don't necessarily live in this world. So I been telling Amy, I've been mentioning on the podcast, my best friend, Wendy started watching sister wives like this summer when she knew I was podcasting about it, had never watched any of it. She's like a Kardashian girly. Like, I don't understand what's happening there. Anyway, she starts watching. So she'd occasionally be like, I think I like Robin. I'm like, no, mm-mm. no, no, not no, allowed. you don't. Mm-mm. And then she'd be You're like, Cody seems like a good dad. I'm like, mm, no, that won't last. And then when Leon came out the first time, Wendy was like, Robin was so great. I'm like, yeah, was she? I mean, Amanda, she can so I send me, Wendy right? a message real quick? Sure. Shame. Shame. Yeah. That's fair. Shame. But I said, um, and actually she wants Shame. to start listening to us, so this will be well time. Uh, <laughs> she didn't want to listen until she had watched all the things. If I get through anyway. this podcast without one of those, I am going to be so happy. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so fun. Anyway, so she's, I'm like, yeah, you know, she, they were good, but I think when Leon came out, Wendy's like, who's Leon? And it like doesn't occur to me that this, if you're not like know. obsessed yeah. with this, the number of like random Facebook groups I'm in that people are talking about this show and they're still like, who's Leon? I'm like, are you, have you been trapped under a rock for a year? Like, what, where are you? But they probably have interests that are more meaningful. Well, people who don't think that McKelty had her babies yet. Uh, oh, yeah, because we haven't seen it. Never mind that Ace and Archer are, are like two now. That's fine. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it would be fun to start our discussion of season 18 with what I'm calling the greatest moment of history ever captured on film. And that is the fight between Cody and Janelle in Janelle's apartment. Mm-hmm. It's pretty um, great. If, in case you're, hold on, I have it. But I've shot your mouth and let me talk to you for a minute no 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 you won't you keep cutting me off no 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 i don't expect you to back me up anymore don't you dare point your finger at me i've been here day long in and out for all these years no no you stay you stay and talk uh no i'm not going to because you're not listening you're not listening to me and i'm not going to Okay, so we're done. Goodbye. F- you. <laughs> and then shut it off. Shut it off. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. I mean, Dr. Adam, I have made this the intro to my show. I watch it constantly. Some might say it's in my spank bank. I'm not confirming nor denying that. But I do absolutely love this moment of film. What were your thoughts when you saw that? Well, it's funny because it goes back to your earlier question of why do we watch this? Like, who hasn't either had that conversation or especially wanted to have wanted to say exactly what Janelle said to your mm-hmm. version of Cody or versions or whatever that is of just I have been suppressed and and put in within boundaries that you know maybe I consented to but like I'm done with them and I'm just going to like I'm just going to let you have it and Janelle's not even like mean Janelle is just asserting mm-hmm. herself yeah, like she's yeah. Not, she's not degrading him. She's not insulting him. She's just like, no, you're gonna do this. And Cody just goes like, 
full like his Kate I talk about like vocalics and cadence a lot and I'm obviously I'm not up to season 18 Cody sounds like every toddler that doesn't want to go to priest no I don't no 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 and I'm not going to go to preschool (laughs) it's play-doh day it's like holy crap like get some Nilla wafers and sit down you freak show like it's incredible but he he's a lunatic he's a very Okay, so I'm known for being like kind of holistic, shall we say, about things. And that's partly because I'm in the first few seasons when people haven't just like digivolved into their worst possible selves. But (laughs) Cody is a hurt, damaged, damaged person from long before this show ever started. Like he's got some stuff he carries. And I'm not just, I'm, you know, what, like get in line with every other human being Mm -hmm. on the planet. Right. You know what I mean? All He's of walking us walking daddy issues. Yeah, He's and all of us daddy issues. on this podcast, listening to this podcast, have pain we don't deserve. That's and that sucks, and I hate that. But mm-hmm. we are not, you know, as I as I call Cody the human divorce. You know, it's, <laughs> we're not that person. You're not wrong. And so I think listening to Janelle, it's because we've seen Janelle and. People have de- people debate about every person on, on the show, right? There are people that are pro Janelle and anti Janelle, but I think anybody can look at that and go like, "This is someone who's had enough." And we yeah. love to see people we identify with have enough, and we get catharsis through that, right? Because we don't get to experience that as much as maybe we want to. Well, and it's so fascinating to see this coming from Janelle because Janelle mm-hmm. just has always been the silent soldier. So this is another question that I have. I want to throw this out to you guys. When we think of polygamous, right, we think of men who traditionally attract or collect or choose women who they know will go along to get along, you know, keep sweet, that whole thing. Cody chose three kind of strong women. And in the beginning season, Amanda and I talk about this all the time. In the beginning season, we see things in Cody where he wants them to be autonomous. He wants them to be independent. He wants them to work. He wants them to get an education. Do we think that that is part of his psyche where he is attracted to women like that? Like, what is he doing? What I don't know what, like, I'm not a psychologist, obviously, so I don't understand did he think he was going to break the mold and then he met Robin who fit into the mold and he's like, oh, thank God, this is so much easier. I'm doing this. This is so much easier. I think it's two things. One, she did what he wanted. She was willing to bow, you know, whatever he wanted. He wanted the walls to be blue. She was going to buy blue paint. Like, no questions asked. And I think he just genuinely fell in love and he had never really been in love before. And Amy and I've talked about this before, Adam, I don't know if you've heard this, but we, you know, we've both been married before and we both had this experience with our current spouses of like, Oh, this is how this is supposed to feel when you're not 21 falling in love. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. When you're, you know, hopefully a little older and a little wiser, or at least definitely a little older. I don't know if I'm wiser, but I'm older. I think you're I think you're right. I think part of it too is being removed from like the AUB culture. I think yeah. he felt kind of more liberated to pursue more like monogamous adjacent stuff and then kind of basically full on monogamy just with like satellite wives around him, which even that's not that <laughs> But even that's not that uncommon in their culture, right? You, you, right? To have like the wife and then just the ones that yeah are around for for biblical reasons, um literally biblical. Literally for biblical reasons. <laughs> yeah. And I think, yeah, I think Cody just didn't know what he could have until he had it. And I, like you two are alluding to, if not outright, like, I get that. Like, that part I get. Mm -hmm. That's not an easy situation to navigate. However, he did sign up to navigate it. And I I don't know about you two. You've kind of touched upon this a little bit in your podcast. I've heard it. But I don't. I'm not upset with Cody so much for falling in love with Robin and then looking at these other women and go, like, gosh, I don't know if I can do this anymore. It's that he right. he just n- didn't have the guts to admit it to anyone yep. other than maybe Robin privately. Not even that. He turned it and yeah. gaslit them to make it their fault that right. they weren't conforming to Robin. So therefore, he couldn't be with them anymore. It was really gross. Right. Like if Cody and I said something similar about Mary, the way Mary handled her catfishing, and I don't want to get too off topic, but 
I don't judge Mary for being deprived of affection and validation and going to find that somewhere else. People do that every day. Was that the right or wrong way to go about it is up for debate, but I can understand intellectually and emotionally why she would do that. The thing that is frustrating for me about Mary is Mary didn't own it. She wasn't, she never Mm -hmm. just said like, look, I, I wanted to be in love. I wanted to feel sexy. I wanted to feel wanted. I found that. And it was somebody manipulating me. It was, but she didn't, at least in the show, come out and just sort of own it that way. And Cody, I'm not comparing what happened to Mary. Cody is just on a whole completely different level. Let me be very, very clear. But Cody's like the Hulk version of that where it's just like, yeah, I, he just, he did, he fell in love and he got kind of dick dumb over Robin, I think too. (laughs) And he had all these things that he didn't know he could have, didn't know he wanted. And I think it was just a slow erosion process with everyone else. And you can't discount the, willing and able to have more children thing because that's so culturally important to them too. Yeah. It was just, yeah, I think that I was asked recently what was the deal breaker for the Brown family? Was it the show or was it Robin? Mm -hmm. And my answer was kind of, I don't think you can separate the two because I don't think there would be a show Mm -hmm. without Robin because I think that's how they got the show sold. Yeah. But, you know, I think it was just going to happen. We've we've talked a lot about like, you know, people have thought as we've gone through season 18 that we're like somehow turning into Mary fans and Mary stands. And it's like, no, 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 we're not at all. We're just really pleased that she's finally like saying the quiet part out loud. She's getting real snarky. She's kind of getting a little funny. But I also have a lot of empathy for her around the catfish thing, not just because Cody like, you know, fucked off to Robin's house across the cul-de-sac never to be seen again. But also she's lived her entire life in a culture that values you for one thing. Right. And that's making yeah. more people and she couldn't do it. Yeah. And she got either, you know, low key or high key punished for that all of her life by him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because clearly she, it's not a him problem because he can every- make babies with everybody else. And she took it out on everyone around her. She did. Right. Yeah. Which is, you know, I do think there is a path to redemption for Mary. I don't think there's a path to redemption for Cody. I just don't. In the viewer's eyes, I mean. Yeah. Not for me. Mm-mm. Yeah. Well, I laid out a very specific and long and complicated path to redemption like, that involved throwing surprise parties for Gabriel every year. And there was a lot. There was a lot. It, it's it's the 95 thesis of the Brown redemption <laughs> arc. Um. But let's go back to the fight because we're insanely obsessed with this fight. Yeah. yeah. Do you think, Adam, that when Cody walked into that room, Janelle knew they were going to have that fight that day based on like how she was acting? I think that she, because I did rewatch a lot of this stuff in preparation for this podcast. I think she... I say this all the time on my podcast, and I want to say it here too for folks that don't know me. My interpretation is no more valid than yours, so I'm just throwing stuff out there. I think she went into it thinking it was a possibility. Like, I think she had that in the chamber for a while and mm-hmm. was like, you know, I'm ready to assert myself, but I'm not going to just go into this pick in a fight. But Janelle was ready to go. Janelle was not looking for a fight by any means, but Janelle, you can just, her whole demeanor, and I want to know if you two agree with this, her whole demeanor to me was like, I have found my inner strength and I am done pretending that I haven't. So let's see where this goes with that. Like my boundaries exist now and I'm going to enforce them. And I think she felt, okay, she just had to keep pushing him because she's like, no, you're not going to, you know what I mean? That was all she was doing. Like I said, she wasn't ad hominem attacking Cody saying, well, you're a bad husband, Mm -mm. you're a bad dad. Mm You're mistreating. Yeah. She was just like, no, you're going to talk to me. Like she's asserting herself. And then and Cody, like, no, and I'm not no. going to, I'm no. not going to. I loved like, watching the fight when we had seen the previews for it. First of all, the fact that we got it on episode three still just boggles my mind. Insane. But I loved the fact that we didn't know that he came back in <laughs> to have even more of a temper tantrum. <laughs> Like he goes to leave, and then he's like, "Oh wait, no, I'm not done." You know, smashing my hands against the wall. Calculated with that stuff. He's so calculated. Like he when when he's being attacked here, and when he's being attacked when Christine announces he's she's leaving, and he's doing knife to the kidneys. Oh, can we talk about that? He can't sit. He can't sit. He always Mm -hmm. has to stand when he's being attacked. Like it's just he can't sit down. If you watch the knife and the kidneys, because I have watched the knife and the kidneys, like. (laughs) 
500 times. The kidney mm-hmm. patio. Yeah. It's yeah. one of my favorite things. He gets it's up. He starts talking. He looks at the camera. He moves over to where there's a clearer shot of him. Yeah. And again, folks, I do this for a living. That man had that prepared. He mm-hmm. had rehearsed mm-hmm. it. I, I would bet my, well, okay. I would bet a lot on it. <laughs> he sounds so, Cody's always perform. Cody slips into performativity, Cody. There's just a certain yeah. cadence to it. And the of late years, wasted, you know, like that. Like he, yep. when does he ever talk like that? And he's Never. he's performing, Cody. And I'm going to talk about this eventually in a podcast I'm planning. Cody is the only one in the room that doesn't realize that Cody is the worst actor in the room. Mm. <laughs> Cody he thinks from, he's fantastic. He thinks yeah. he is selling it all mm-hmm. the time because mm-hmm. he's a salesperson, and I'm sure yeah. he was. You know, he sold a, that big ass fajita cantina sign. That's the only thing I know of for sure. But oh, I used to work in advertising. Cody was the exact perfect advertising salesperson. Trust me, I worked with a thousand Codys. Yeah, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I am too. But I do. I think that he. <laughs> I I feel like Cody's entire relationship with the show is when they wrap each season. He's like, God, I nailed it. Like I have. Like people are gonna be like, Wow. Cody is gr- first. Wow, Cody's great. Then later, wow, I get Cody now. I was too hard on him, and now he's like they're gonna see that I'm coming from I- the right place. And I feel like every time that, especially when they used to go online, he'd be like, "What? What? What happened? What do you mean right. you're, you don't like me? How can you not like me?" Yeah, he is stunned that people don't like him. Yeah. I'm like, have you? Have you again? Have you not watched the show? <laughs> like, how can you? You lived your own life. Like, yeah. I, I get that most people are not as, like, belly button contemplating self-aware as I am. Like, yeah. I would like a vacation from myself a lot of times because I'm tired of it. For as much energy as I put into trying to figure out myself and all of that, that's as much energy as he doesn't put into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he thinks he does. Mm-hmm. He's, like, one of the least self-aware people I have ever seen in my life. Yeah. yeah and which, I think that... Go ahead. Which begs the question... Who the fuck showed up in in those confessionals at David and Christine's wedding? Oh, right. I I was actually Adam. You would get this reference. I was calling him a Cylon. I'm like, this is Cylon Cody. I don't know who this is. This is Cody with the C. He got a PR firm. I don't know who is that. I think he got. I think he got a uh, coached. Mm-hmm. So then he clearly understands now. There's a problem. So do we think it was Christine leaving that caused the problem or is it all of his kids not talking to him? I think it's potentially a threat of no more TV show. Mm. I think that that would be the, if I'm just throwing a guess out there, I think the most mediating factor for his behavior would be the threat of no more sister wives because this, because you got to think about how their financial situation has, re- shall we say, restructured. <laughs> without the high tide of Mary and other wives kind of raising all boats. You know, I think that mm-hmm. that likely, and I'm not saying there was a threat from the producers, like you've got to get your act together, but I think there probably right. was some sort of professional dark night of the soul, which happens sometimes with people where you kind of go, Ooh, okay. I need to readdress how I'm doing this just for the stability of what I'm doing. That would be my guess because I'm not the first one to hypothesize this either by far. But I think right. likely there was maybe a new PR firm or at least some sort of credentialed individual Cody would listen to that went like, hey, you need to, you, you don't want to come across as too upset about this. Or the other thing, Amy, is it might just been a matter of they caught him in the right mood on the right day. It's That could be as much as it is. Maybe, maybe. I, I just... <sighs> I don't know. It's interesting you bring up the TV show because this reminds me of one thing that I've been wanting to ask you. During the talk back, listen back, look back, yell back, whatever it was. Throw back, catch back. I'm under the clear impression that Robin does not want to do this TV show anymore. Do you agree with that? Yeah, like short answer is yes, but like yes with like yes with like three asterisks. Asterisk, holy, I, I, I talk for a living. Um, Asterisk, <laughs> so do I. Yes with, yeah. yes, with three stars next to it. <laughs> I think if Robin could have the resources without the TV show in the New York Minute. Yeah. 
in a New York minute, she'd do it. I don't think I she think wanted to do those shows. I don't think mm. she wanted to look at that footage. I don't think she wanted to relive it. And I don't blame her. I'm not a Robin apologist, but good God, I wouldn't want to sit down and watch myself. I can't even listen to my own podcast anymore. Yeah. Now that it, now that people listen to it, I used to when like I didn't have an audience because <laughs> I was the audience. And it's like, look at me, I made a podcast. And now people <laughs> listen to it and I'm like, get that shit off. Like I can't stand it. <laughs> but I do I don't think she wants to do the show. No, but I think they've made kind of like they're packed with the devil with it from their mm-hmm. perception is like, how do we exit this? What do we do post? Well, I think Cody post-wise. wants to do it. I think Cody I is pushing. Oh, yeah. Cody loves it. And, and I think you know, she is not into it. They can't afford the million dollar house without it. And then, you know, we don't get the, you know, little motorbikes and shit like that. Yeah. Like, I think it's so interesting that, you know, we talked about early on, the kids dynamics and how they've changed. Like Logan grew up in an incredibly different family than Sal and Ari. Yes. Which happens in, in families like this. Like I always tell the story that my husband, his older siblings are 13 and 11 years older than him and his twin. They grew up in totally different families, even though it's the same family, Mm -hmm. it's totally different families because there's just those different dynamics. And think about just the financial means that Janelle and Cody had when they had Logan versus what Saul and Ari have. I mean, it's right. Light years it's away. Blowing. It is. Yeah. yeah okay. I don't, go ahead. Um, no, I just, I, I wanted to, to ask you if you noticed, like we were making jokes when Robin was sitting on that couch of, is she even alive? Is there a heat signature? Like, what is <laughs> happening over there on the other side of the couch? So you think it was just a response more so to the show as well. Because I, I didn't know, like, what was happening there. Was she there against her will? Although if Puddle Monkey waved a $6,000 check in front of her for that day or something. Could Hell, I'd do it for a $6,000 check. check. I've no... Yeah, I've got a price. That's true. It's, not, that's true. it's not high. It's true. So Cody said, you got a price and you ain't cheap. Um, that's right. <laughs> I know every word anyone spoke on this stupid TV show. Like, it's amazing. Um, Ridiculous. Like, I can't remember my own birthday, but I can remember that stuff. I think that, okay, first of all, I have to address this because my very favorite thing that's happened in Sister Wives' years is when Cody's like boop, boop, booping around with his like cell phone footage. And he's like, all right, we're going to do this. And then Robin comes into frame, just full on beaker, just miserable. <laughs> it's, like, it's like play the Curb Your Enthusiasm music. If I was a TikTok person, which I'm not because yes. I'm just so old, but I, yeah. I would just put the Curb Your Enthusiasm music under Robin's just miserable doo-doo face over that i think that i think she was miserable i think it was very uncomfortable i think robin i don't know how to separate the fact that i'm sure cameras off especially robin is having to emotionally deal with things from cody that no one deserves just probably brutal commentary having to carry the weight of all the bad feelings he's feeling, whether he's blaming her or not, she it's her job to constantly make him feel better. And if you've been around, anyone listening to this or the two of you, if you've been around an emotional partner that just, uh, uh, you know, as well as like, you know, if you have kids or you have a career or you're just a human being, you have to be responsible for their mood 24 hours a day. It's horrible. It's so hard. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's not your job. Like it can't be. You know what I mean? People have to take care of themselves. And I can see Cody just... And Robin has alluded to this on the show of like, Cody is not mm-hmm. easy to be around right now. And if she's oh, saying sure. that much, how much is going on? And I'm not alleging anything, you know, that I can't verify, but I think we can at least agree she's having to carry the weight of his emotional burdens all the time. And so I'm sure she's like, great, this is exactly what I need. Because imagine what she's thinking once those cameras are off, what am I going to be dealing with? How much yeah. is he going to be yeah. like a raving lunatic walking around the house, just yelling at nothing? Like I imagine he runs around that house. Probably not as much now, but early on after Christine left or in that process. Awful. Just being like, fucking Christine. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. talking to nobody. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But just like, he can't, he doesn't have an inner life, right? Like, his life is just spewing out of his mouth all the time. Right. Trying to deal with a person's emotions and manage a person's emotions is hard enough. But when that person has zero Mm -hmm. self-awareness, and we have seen her try to control him not in the bad mm-hmm. way try to keep him on track 
I think for her own like preservation too. Yeah, I I think so too. I don't say that with judgment either. It's like, yeah, that. What else are you going to do in that situation? Yeah, Yeah, I think it's one of the only times I have empathy for Robin. But go ahead, I'm sorry. No, post divorce, like you are a version of yourself you are never in any other situation. You know, you're for sure. You're just you're rebuilding, you're repairing, you're hopefully you know questioning like what do I want to do? Who do I want to be now? Who am I now? And that's like best case scenario. That's just not dealing with, you know, what have I done? Like, what do these years of my life mean now? You know, and you got to come out the other end of it. And so you put that on someone like Cody, who, as I said on my podcast, is just experiencing just absolute ego death. Like, yeah, he's Cody Brown, the famous guy with the wives. Who is Cody Brown when he's the famous guy whose wives left him? Like, Holy mm-hmm. crap. Like there's really nothing where he talks about the only thing he's afraid of is poverty. I think the only thing he's afraid of is public embarrassment. Mm. And imagine it as your wives are leaving you, they are on the cover of people magazine. Celebrated. Oh. Celebrated. Celebrated. Oh, yes. They're having parties. People mm-hmm. are having divorce parties because they're so happy that your wives finally like broke free of your misogyny. And you're at the grocery, well, not the, I'm guessing he's at the grocery store very often, but there's Robin at the grocery store, like putting her stuff on the belt. And there's fucking Christine and David on the cover of People magazine. There and people Etsy, behind yeah. her screaming, you suck. You yeah. suck, right? There are Etsy stores <laughs> devoted to celebrating the fact that you got left by someone. <laughs> I just, I, last, yesterday, hand to God, I wore my What Does the Nanny Do t-shirt. Mm-hmm. And I had it on under a sweatshirt all day and I was getting ready for bed and I took it off and my husband goes, because <laughs> I totally forgot I had it on. <laughs> but it's like one of those things I could walk around in the world and you know who your people are immediately if they understand yes, it. Yes. It's And so- I hate I hate that I kind of, you know, I think Peyton was the first one to make a t-shirt out of it. So I kind of oh, hate that. But. Yeah. Hey everyone, stay tuned. Little Miss Recap will be right back after these words. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. It's so interesting. You bring up a good point. I didn't think of it this way. When you go through a divorce, you know how they're like, never, never like jump right into a relationship because you're a fucking mess. Mm-hmm. If you do jump into a relationship, make sure it's with like some loser that you pick up at the bar because it's not going to really, you it's know. It's a throwaway relationship. It's a, it's a rebound. What if you're married to that person? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> like Robin's living with Cody like 24 7 oh my god this just occurred to me I can't even think of what that must be like yeah Jesus he's miserable he's miserable miserable. um Amanda did you have another moment you wanted us to talk about you had a few picked up I did I had both of the salsa brava lunches Mm. um but we can table that for a moment because what I really want to talk about is the picnic table breakup at Coyote Pass Mm. Where for some reason, Robin had to, you know, join in on this party Mm -hmm. because what everyone wants to do is to broker someone's divorce who isn't a therapist or a mediator. Right. You know, I think, I think Adam's frozen. My favorite part is when like she gets up and like 
stomps out like she didn't get picked for kickball, yes. realizes <laughs> realizes no one's coming after her. So she just right. comes right back like, okay, I meant to do this. Like she, It's like she missed a step walking up the stairs. And so she just <laughs> starts walking like that, like she meant to. That's yep. kind of thing. And just, just go, goes, uh, just does her dramatic, like as I call them, crying adjacent behaviors and goes stomps mm-hmm. in the prairie dog turds for a while and then mm-hmm. comes right back. Just tremendous. Just I tremendous. loved watching Christine watch that and be like, why is she there? Why is she back? Like, what, what is happening? Why is this person here? She was such a surrogate for us in that moment. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, and we, we said there were three cars right there. She could have gotten any one of them and drove home. Yep. Yep. Or walked. It's not that far. I think because that's a behavior that she probably does a lot at home and it works. Yeah. What do you make of this whole idea that Robin is the Cody Whisperer? Okay. Do you think that... This is like we just talked about. She feels like she has to control him kind of for self-preservation, but also to preserve the image. Do we think it's born of that or do we think it's born of like a a more nefarious reason for wanting to control him? I think and I'm seeing this already as I'm reviewing season two. There's a lot of Robin already speaking for Cody going on. Mm. I think it's a I think it's a complex bunch of different reasons. I think one, Robin is someone that really wants to feel important. I think mm-hmm. Robin wants to feel vital. I think she wants to feel that things cannot function without her. And she has taken that obviously to a big extreme. I think you're right. I think she needs to know what's going on because frankly whatever's going on she's going to be the one that has to deal with the fallout from it Mm -hmm. because whatever cody says and does whatever the wives do to upset him where is he going to end up for the other 95 percent of his day it's going to be with robin and to be clear her young children and yeah i don't want i don't want to get too much because it just it just it's hard for me to even think about because you know it Nobody wants to think about little kids being around somebody that volatile. And I'm not making mm-hmm. allegations, but just, you know, the emotions sure, that are coming up. Sure. Yeah. It's, it's not going to be great. And I think that Robin, I'm sure on some level, and I think she just feels compelled to be in it. Like the Cody, I'm glad the Cody whisperer thing got called out because it's such crap. Like, give me a break. Like, you know, you have spent the least amount of time. At, well, okay. Not the least amount of time. The least amount of years, <laughs> years around him. Yeah. 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 It's. I wonder too, like what her first marriage was like. Like I know my first marriage was very volatile. Volatile, sorry, volatile. Volatile. <laughs> my first marriage I hate was volatile. 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 And there was a lot of screaming, and there was a lot of yelling. And now, like, I do not want that in my home. It's very triggering for me. I can't yeah. have anybody raising their voices around me. Yeah. I'm wondering if that was that was happening in her first marriage, and this is why. She feels the need to so tightly control, like, what is happening in her own house. Because she's very controlling with the kids, too. We see this all the time. Mm -hmm. Putting fucking things on the fridge and just being like, you know. It's very common. It's very common when you have been in a situation. I think a lot of people can relate to this, like, in a post-COVID world, when you have had your life feel Mm -hmm. really out of control for a long time. Mm-hmm. I don't know about y'all, but especially during like lockdown and stuff, my wife and I were both just really hyper focused on like, what are the things we can control? What can we do? Because mm-hmm. it's just like so much is out of control. And so I'm not making excuses for Robin, but I can't understand again intellectually like exactly what you bell? said. Are you getting the shame bell? Yeah, go ahead and give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> he said, you well earned two nice things about Robin. Shame. So give it to me. Give it to me. Shame. Yes. <laughs> shame <laughs> jokes on you i am like made of 95 percent shame so like just pile it on <laughs> no well, I, you think i'm a therapist same same i yeah. do agree though i think that I, I there's something in her behavior that is telling us what happened in her past and i think mm-hmm. that's what it is and i know that she paints what, what's the ex-husband's name amanda uh preston yeah. david um why can't i think of his last name all of a sudden jessup jessup, jessup. I know she paints him as some kind of monster and we, we cannot confirm nor deny, nor do we care what he's like. But I just wonder if, you know, this is what she's trying. Like we're seeing something was askew. We don't know whose fault it was or, you know, whatever. What her child was was like, she talks about coming from a broken home and all of that. Mm -hmm. What I find really interesting is, you know, who knows what happened in her, 
her past. But the way she, how do I say this? Just popped in my head and popped right back out. The way she looks, the way she talks, the way she moves <laughs> the world, the way she holds a drink, the way she, I mean, all the time. The way she does everything. Um, it's interesting now to go back and watch her come into this family because from day one, she yeah. painted everything as being a victim. Yeah. 100%. From the moment Saul, she was pregnant with Saul. Yeah. But she, like, it's as if she wants to be. Yeah the most downtrodden, the most bothered, the That's most. That's where she feels comfortable. It is. Yeah. And so it makes me wonder like what happened in her family of origin? Like, is that the role she played? Hmm. Yeah. That's what I called, don't know. That's what's called the victim stance. It's mm-hmm. where people are most comfortable when they are the aggrieved one. You see it early on in the, I pick the dress moment where Cody mm-hmm. reveals he picked the wedding dress. Cause folks, he did pick the wedding dress. They even say it in the book. So. Yes, he did. And and when it's brought to her attention, not only does Robin not capitulate or apologize, she says, well, this was really upsetting for me because I didn't need you to know that. Yeah. Yes. So she's yes. only comfortable if someone is aggrieved and she is even adjacent to it. She cognitively, to be comfortable, has got to reframe it to where, well, I am the most hurt or at least I am equally hurt. Because that, in essence, like, is it the most comfortable thing for like you or me? no. But it is her way of absolving herself from any wrongdoing. Because how could I apologize if I am equally or more damaged by this than you are? We just saw her do this. We just covered episode two on our rewatch. And Christine was upset that they kissed over the engagement. Right. And same thing. Same thing. Robin starts to cry. I'm so upset that that hurts you. Like, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. instead of saying, I am really upset that that hurts you, I am so sorry. We're having a lot of this conversation in my life, but I think it's this yeah. conversation that we've had as a culture for a while now, which is the impact versus um, intent. What your intent? Yes. And Robin is just all about impact. All about mm-hmm. like it's just everything impacts her. It doesn't matter if it actually does or doesn't. She's never responsible because that wasn't what she meant to do. Right. Mm-hmm. So you can't be mad at me for punching you in the face because I didn't mean to punch you in the face. Yeah. This my is something slipped. This is something I say to my kids. Well, I don't say that to my kids. I say it to be <laughs> clear. But I'll say to my kids, because they're quite small, and they'll go, well, I'm, I'm upset. And I'll go, well, it was not my intention to upset you. It's never my intention to make you upset. But let me explain to you what's happening the best I can. And if I yeah. do something wrong, I'll go, you're right. I have something to apologize for. That was a mistake I made. And it's not the most comfortable thing, but I got to model this for, mm-hmm. especially... I hope nobody, I don't, I don't think your listeners will get mad at this, especially for young men. Like it's important to teach young men, like oh, yeah. you yeah. have to be, you have to be accountable. You have to, you know, people don't owe you things. People don't owe you their time. They certainly don't owe you access to their bodies. You got to, you got to teach them this stuff. And yeah. so there's nobody, I had to teach myself, you know, and luckily I learned, but it's, it's really important. And so that's what frustrates me so much is to your point, Amanda, that you're making like, you don't even have to necessarily say, I was wrong. You can say, you know what? That really was not my intention. I can completely understand mm-hmm. why you're hurt by that. And that's mm-hmm. even of, in and of itself is kind of a non-apology, but you're validating. Sometimes people don't even want the apology. They just want, like, validate that I have a right to feel the way that I feel. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of times you don't even, you're, there's nothing to even apologize for. Right. It's just acknowledging, like... Wow, I did not mean for that to come out. Yeah, you know, for you to receive that the way I sent it. That is totally not at all. sucks for you. You know, that sucks. <laughs> yeah. Like that would make me feel bad too. You know, right. there you go. Right, right. I want to move back to Janelle for a minute. I feel like I love Janelle. She is my queen. <laughs> me too. Um, I have Janelle energy too. when she's standing there directing Christine to put together her own bookshelf. That was brilliant. But mm-hmm. um, I. I think Janelle's power came from her boys. I think once she yeah. saw that her boys were like, we're done. She mm-hmm. was, we're done. Because I, I just, I think as a parent, that's like the last thing that you have. And that's the last glimpse of Cody that she had was that he could be a decent father to these boys, even though he, you know, he really hasn't been for a very long time. No, and he's a, and I think that's a lot speaks also to why Christine, yeah, talks about or talks about Cody's fathering in a very different way than Janelle. Yes. Janelle has mostly boys. Cody knows yep. how to deal with. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Christine has mostly girls. 
Cody doesn't know what to do with them. So he's been ignoring them for years. Yep. I don't think it was a tight relationship with Peyton for whatever reason. I just never got that. As opposed to Garrison and Hunter, who were athletes. Hunter was a state champion wrestler, as was Cody. Like, mm-hmm. he could, like, look at Hunter and be like, oh, you are... I deal with a little uh, a little bit of narcissism in my life, and there's someone who will constantly say, oh, well, you're just like me, so yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I think Cody does that a bit. Yeah. yeah. Or a lot. I think it does a lot more that's ever been done to me. But once that didn't happen, and once his kids were like, right. I don't think the sun and the moon rise and set on you anymore. Well, and his daughters were only as good as the men they picked. Correct. Oh, for sure. Right? Like Maddie picked Caleb, and that was, you know, Caleb was approved. And Tony mm-hmm. was not. Tony was not. Mitch, mm-hmm. who knows? Yeah. Mitch doesn't talk. So, I we mean, we don't know. really Mitch know. Really exists. Yeah. Yeah. Cody is such a clear example of someone who loves people the way that feels best for him instead of the way that people need to be loved. Mm-hmm. And if he cannot feel validated and entertained or excited by the act of care for someone, he's not interested. Mm-hmm. And that's horrible. Like, mm-hmm. especially as a parent. Like, yeah. that's not what you sign up for. Like, y- you don't love your kids as long as, like, it fe- as long as it's, like, the most entertaining option for you to do so. Or as long as it's easy. Right. And so, yeah, if you can't share activities, if you can't. I, Gabriel, like, Gabriel's situation with the birthday and his recounting of that to the camera was the closest I've ever come to going, I can't watch this anymore. I know. I know. It was horrible. I, I'm not going to bore you, you two or your listeners, but I have similar dynamics with my own father that, like, Gabriel and Garrison do with Cody. And it's, and it's a reality TV show. It's whatever. But it definitely did, like, reopen some stuff I thought was, was good. And. I, I've been through it where it's like, okay, just because I don't have the same interests in you, like I'm still your your kid, your kid. Like, why don't right. you care? Like, I can't just, I shouldn't have to pretend to like things I don't like for you to care about me, right? You know, Amanda and, so- and I were just talking about this in terms of, I, we were. I'm not going to speak for you, Amanda, but I grew up in a family of very thin, fit people, and we yeah. were talking about how when you're the fat kid your parent like you feel like your parents don't know how to love you and it should yeah, be right. like you should still love me even though i'm not out running on a track or you know whatever i'm not your body ideal like yeah. to uh yeah to go with my hashtag current references only i'm going to say that steven and elise keaton love the hell out of alex keaton even though he had a picture of richard nixon yes next to his bed yes. His parents were like left-wing hippies. Yes. And he, they still love their kid. And even True. though they kind of poked True. at him a little bit because it's a sitcom, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they met this kid where he was. Mm-hmm. They knew who he was and they appreciated him for who he was. Yeah. Yeah. And that's all you can do as a parent. It's like, you know, I'm I'm a step-parent, so I don't I didn't get one from the from the ground up. Well, you're still a parent. You're I'm still a parent. parent. I try. And but I think a lot of parents, and I think Cody does this a lot, is he parents the kid he wants the kid to be, yeah. not the not who that kid is. And McKelty can't be parented in the same way Hunter can, no. in the same way Logan can, in the well, same and, way Saul can. And these kids know that's that. Fine. They know yeah. that. They yeah. know it. And that's, you know, when they fall short, yeah. It's yeah. a horrible way as a child or even an adult child to go through life with your parents knowing if I fall or willingly step outside of these parameters, the love from my parent is probably going to be gone. Mm-hmm. That is a terrible thing, whether you're cognizant of it or subconscious of it. It's a terrible thing to experience. And I think so many of the brown kids have experienced that from at least from Cody. And I wouldn't be surprised if Robin is aware of that too. And that's yeah. part of probably part of why things are locked down and kept because Robin has been coaching those kids from the moment she entered that rental, if not before, you know, who's that Cody? No, it's daddy. Like, daddy. Ooh, yeah. did I ever get, I, I talked about it on my podcast of like, Oh, that enraged it me. Just, just, just coming from a blended family, like of my you know, growing up, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. you don't, you don't push it. You, that's going to happen. If, if, if it's going to happen ever, it's going to happen. Know? It'll happen. Yeah. yeah. That's actually what I was going to say earlier is that I find it interesting is how obsessed Cody came about how Christine and Janelle and Mary might be talking about him and how they're trash talking him to the kids. 
and all of that. And it's like, because the vision that he has is Robin taking her children out of their father's home and making Cody their father. So why wouldn't his other wives do that to him? Yeah. Well, that and how can I possibly (laughs) maintain my own relationship with my kids? Like that would take work. I would have to call them and talk to them. Yeah. Yeah. My parents have been split up since I was four. After about the age of 10, my mother did next to nothing to facilitate my relationship with my father. And after that, it it. was more about logistics. Yeah. Right. It was, Mm -hmm. yeah, the kid's free next week. You can have her. Like, Mm -hmm. not if I didn't live in my dad's house, I couldn't have a relationship with him. I haven't lived in his house since I was four. So your mom didn't get remarried and then get some crazy artist to draw pictures of that guy with you as a baby? Did not happen. Did not happen. All photos of me and artistic renderings of me with my father are with my actual father versus new daddy that my mother brought in. That was so bad. Up until I realized it was based on an actual photo of Cody with Christine and her kids. And then I think I had to go have a little lay down for a while. And the fact that Christine, going back and rewatching, Christine's like, yeah, I'm just afraid of being replaced. I'm afraid of not being Cody's companion anymore. And there she is, like, literally replaced. Meanwhile, Cody's in Robin in Can you airbrush her just the, just the F out of this? Because, like, I right. have made a decision. I swear to God, it's like, is this, this can't be real. Like, this cannot be a real thing. It was such a Michael Scott situation. <laughs> I was just going to say that, Amanda. Uh-huh. Like, this is like The Office. Like This is like just... the Jamaica picture. <laughs> yes, this is exactly like the Jamaica picture. I can't wait to recap that episode because all I really remember is the look on Logan's face like, oh, are you fucking kidding me? Is this me? really happening? Like, is this really happening right now? Like, this like 16-year-old kid is like, this is fucked up. Mm-hmm. Like, what is happening? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> it's like, how can I take like a sentiment that could really resonate and really be healthy and just roll it around in dog shit? <laughs> <laughs> and then go, Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Pretty much pretty much um it's so bad yeah so i have a few just a few more questions i know we're nearing an hour and we're almost done but do you think cody and robin will last amanda oh she knows my answer this is for you Y'all, I think I'm the they worst will last. At this. I don't think she's ever going to leave him. I'm not a predictor. I really, I, I'm good at certain things. I'm not good at predicting. Right. I never would have predicted that anybody would leave. Like I have been humbled by this show because I just, I didn't see Christine leaving, mm-hmm. leaving, coming any of it. I, I really didn't. I think that, oh, nothing's impossible. No, I think they're lifers. I think they're going to be. Like they're gonna be like the real life version of like the Mountain Goat song, No Children, eventually, where they're just sitting there waiting for each other to die. Mm-hmm. I do. I think that I will be interested to see. You talk about ego death when Cody no longer has the ability to have any more children for various reasons, and the children he has are older and or launched. Mm-hmm. I don't know what he's gonna be. I really don't. Hmm. The thing is, will Robin's children ever launch? I mean, we literally mm. had a story about how a 21-year-old young woman was getting her ears pierced and needed her daddy to come into the room with her. I think she has so hobbled these children emotionally yeah. that they can't leave. I hate to even think about it, to be honest. It's awful to think about. I don't I look, don't I don't want to show it with just Cody and Robin. Let's be real no. clear. I don't want to show of just Cody and Robin, and I don't want it like the new adventures of Janelle and Christine. No. I don't want that either. No. I need all of these people to we show up. We had Christine season. We're going to have Janelle season. We need Mary season. Well, right. Mary season was kind of married. We thought this season. was Janelle season, but it was Mary season. <laughs> Mary's the one who left. Mary, can I talk about how much, and I know Mary is, Mary is Mary, and I understand people's reactions, but I love right. that Mary's life has become this eternal, like, margarita hot girl summer just never ending (laughs) where she's just like hanging out with jen she's got her like luke combs fan boyfriend and Mm -hmm. she's just like living in this haunted inn and just (laughs) just hammered decorating for (laughs) halloween all year round just the hell Mm -hmm. with it like Mm -hmm. i just like you know what 
I'm here for it. I you you want to talk about a spinoff? I would watch. Like, let me just see what Mary does because, like, what is your life? Like, it's okay, incredible. But I, would, I would only need that show like one episode a month. No, yeah. I would watch it all day. I don't care. I would. I would like. Remember you want when the, the internet, prison cam on Mary? Remember when time. like the internet started and like live streaming first became a thing, and you could just watch someone like type at the computer? That would be me watching Mary like like make scrambled eggs at four p.m. because she's got nothing to do. <laughs> One of my kids told me that there's a TikToker who TikToker who opens the instant bingos. Yeah, that's all they do on TikTok like all day. Oh. That yeah. would be, you know, Mary has a career just kind of walking around the end, sticking up fake spider webs. Yeah, for real. Mm-hmm. Like my I'm wife would come it. in the room and I'd be like, babe, not now. Mary just figured out there's an app where you can play solitaire and win money. Okay. I have to watch this. I'll be back in an hour. I have yeah. things to do right now. <laughs> I love you. The only way that I could watch a Cody spinoff, like or a Cody and Robin show, is if Cody goes out into the world and starts to interact. Like the fourth wall's broken, and he's interacting with us, and he's starting to. We're seeing people chasing him down at the supermarket. We're seeing people slash his tires. We're seeing people screaming at him. Like I, I could be a cross target. You're a piece of shit. Yeah. Can yeah, I yeah. can I tell you my idea for a I just was thinking about this today. My idea for the ideal Cody Brown show would be like if you took Cody and you did like a sci-fi spin-off where Cody got to go back in time and fix his mistakes mm-hmm. and in every single version of his life Cody still gets divorced by three women like he just keeps <laughs> It's like Groundhog Day. He yeah, can't like, fix it no matter, no matter what, what he happens. Changes. He's like, he's like, I'm going to be the most involved dad. I'm going to like, and then they still default because he just can't not be garbage like that. That I would watch. That that, would yeah, that just happened on Star Trek Discovery. I'm watching the first season. That just happened <laughs> <laughs> with um, what's his name's on it? Rain Wilson's on it. Oh, well, yes. so now we've come full circle yes. with the office, yes. and you're yeah. in Scranton. And I'm it's in all Scranton. Clear. Yep, there we go. All right. Any clear. other closing thoughts? Anything we didn't cover? I mean, we didn't cover 18.7 seasons, but that's okay. I have a quick question. We can do this all night. I have a quick question. Oh, hit me. Why? This is for for Adam. Why does Cody drink hot water? (laughs) Jesus Christ. I didn't go to that much college. Like... (laughs) I'm telling you, it's some like weird, like training metabolism thing that he thinks if he drinks warm water the I don't, best I don't part know. of the fight in my opinion is when he slugs that hot tap water <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes after janelle i when i watch him squeezing like 500 lemons into a glass mm-hmm. of water mm-hmm. i just i just want like john Cena to run in and hit him with a steel chair like something happened because i can't stand i can't do this i can't do this anymore the honest my honest reaction amy is i swear to god i think this man is like a human labrador like i don't think he's a person like i think no he probably watched a tiktok and was like you'll lose 20 pounds if you drink hot water and cody's Mm -hmm. like i'm a critical thinker it's like yeah Mm -hmm. it's like that kind Mm -hmm. of thing you know i loved when gwen was re Rewatching, and it was one of the scenes at salsa or fat olives, I think, where she's doing all the lemons and all of that. And Gwen's like, Oh, god, him with those damn lemons. (laughs) (laughs) First of all, we all have that moment about our parents, they start doing something, and you're like, Yes, oh god, here we go again. You mean like my mother texting me right now as I'm on air, giving me blow by blow detail about King Charles being in the hospital? Yeah, I know all about what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. You know, this is coming. It's Mm -hmm. like, Oh, here we are again. Yep, Yep. gotta like just shut it off, shut the phone right off. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's like like when my mom texts me in the middle of the day and it just says, you know who I always liked was that Breckenmeyer. <laughs> it's like, we all do, mom. No kidding. Like, welcome to America. He's a treasure. Okay, he's adorable. I, Thank you so I much. I like when my dad calls me in the middle of work day. He's like, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> Working? <laughs> like, what do you want? <laughs> what do you think is happening right now? <laughs> my mom will text me the latest in any crime, too, that's happening. You know, mm. oh, I think there this crime go. is happening. You know, this person did it, blah, blah, blah. Break in this uh, case. So I was going to say, Amy, is she causing it? <laughs> like, <laughs> not causing it. Oh my God. It. What if your mother's like one of those serial killers who causes mayhem <laughs> so she can talk about it? Um, I feel like she's not going to put in that much effort. <laughs> she got some real Janelle energy. <laughs> Janelle energy. She's not doing it. <laughs> All right, Adam, please remind everybody where they can find you. Sure. So my podcast is called The Sister Wives Professor. That's it. No, I am on, I know I'm also on Patreon at patreon.com slash the sister wives professor, where I do 
like deep dives on specific like sister wives minutiae. I just did as of this recording, I just did one where I'm doing the first of a series where I, I use a little bit of academic theory, but kind of track like Robin's evolution within the family and her victim stance and a lot of the stuff I talked about in this podcast. But I also am covering Welcome to Plathville and Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, which I'm just, just tremendous. Just I have no experience with this and I am love I am I am not a yum yucker. I love every all this stuff. It is so fun. Mm-hmm. And so but yeah, just uh, the Sister Wives Professor on all your streaming platforms. I would love if people would give it a shot. But I also, it would be remiss if I didn't say I am a huge fan of this podcast. Thank you both for having mm-hmm. me on. It was oh, really special for me. Really, as a fan, it's so surreal to be talking to you. So thank you. We're big fans we- of yours. Hey. And we're so yeah. thrilled that you're here. And we are going to have to talk Platteville at some point because I went on a real journey. Oh. Because I was, I'm married to the... I am married to Ethan Plath. My husband loves cars, can't talk to anybody, like just is Ethan Plath. And I do think Ethan Plath was at a crossroads and he could have went this way and he chose this way. I'm only two episodes in. So right now he's just this, he's just this lovable guy throwing paper airplanes off the barn roof right now. I'm not ready though. I'm not, he's he's like, no, I'm I'm not spoiling anything for you. He is. He just comes to a crossroads and I don't yeah. feel like he made the right choice, but I bet, I bet he didn't. I bet he, he stays a lovable character for a very long time. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. loved him and Olivia and I just, I always defended well, him and everybody came at me. For yeah. Well, <laughs> and we are yeah. hardcore Olivia stands on this show. So once she, she has such steel in, in her backbone. I am so impressed by her already. Yeah. I love her yeah, so much. I like, but you know, to coin a phrase, no doubt about it. I am ready to get hurt again. So let's. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Adam. Thank you. And everybody else. Thank you for listening and jump into our Facebook group where we'll talk about this episode. I'm sure. I'm sure we will. Thanks, Adam, so much. It was great to have you. Thanks, Adam. Thank you. Shut it off. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.